the wormhole, probably about to burn. In the white tunnel, are you ever gonna learn? See a land, probably gonna merge. Gonna be dead, laying in the dirt. Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd. Play your part. What's up? This is Jared Gray with my co-host Jordan Rains. We got my man Dynasty Chef in the background keeping us up to date. Today we're going to do our defensive line updated rankings right before the season. Uh, we kind of did one previous and we got some news to talk about. So Jordan, how are you doing this morning? Good. Uh, got married last week. As many of you guys know, it was a great week. Had a you know, family vacation slash honeymoon because I got two kids. So one of them was really young, but it was it was a good time. Had a great week off and was kind of still in and out on Twitter and paying attention to fancy football news and whatnot. But mostly I was just sitting in the creek, drinking beer, floating down the river, doing fun stuff like that. So that's but, all yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. But I mean, we're two and a half, three weeks away from football. So I'm ready to I'm ready to crank this stuff out. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. It seems like now that, you know, training camps popping out, uh, injuries are getting crazy and yeah we've actually got real news you know for the first like feel like all summer we didn't really have any news to report <clears throat> but i mean we got what well, we got some injuries we got todd davis hurt his calf we got uh, a same Will injury be- that hurt him out last week last year too so that's a big deal that people need to look on uh aj johnson is definitely trending upward in that one so yeah he's been a kind of a sleeper for a lot of people he graded out really well in pff and kind of was pretty productive last year. So I've been seeing a lot of people hype him up and I mean, kind of duly so. So he should be the main tackle getter there. Todd Davis is unable to return quickly. <clears throat> Sean Williams also hurt his calf. So that's Von Bell arrow pointing up. I still, I've had him in my top 10 uh, DBs off for a while. We'll do that show next week. But um, yeah. And then who else do we have? Avery Williamson came off the pup, which yeah, is that's good. Big. And Mac Wilson, Hyper extended his knee. I think he tore his ACL personally, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor either, but he going to see, uh, you know, Dr. Andrews or is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're saying, Oh, I'm going to go see this guy for a second opinion. You're not seeing that guy for a second opinion. You're seeing him for surgery. Yeah, he's, part- of the, he's the best in the biz, you know? Yeah. So. The first, the first opinion was not a good one or good news. So, you're looking for that silver lining, but I don't know. It's probably not going to be there. That kind of sucks. I know a lot of people want him to break out, but the reality is, you know, Sion Taki Taki, and then you said B.J. Goodson was the other guy we need to be. Yeah, B.J. Goodson, on. you know, they, they've uh, definitely put him into the lineup right now, and he's looking like he's leading. You know, he's he's the senior presence. You know, that's a very young linebacker core. I mean, super young. Um, he just seems like he's taking his role and he's like he's calling plays right now. So looks like he's gonna get the green dot if Mac Wilson's hurt. So be beware of that. BJ be Goodson's for real. So nice, nice. <clears throat> well, that's pretty much it for the really big news. I mean, Earl Thomas got himself into a little fight yesterday, but who cares about him? And he got suspended. Yeah, he's he's that dude's trending. I think he's down. done, dude. He's been trending down for about two years now, so that sucks, but whatever. Move on. Uh, Melvin Ingram also is like having like the pseudo holdout. Like he's showing up to camp, but like not doing stuff. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I really wish. Um, I, I hope that gets sorted. It looks like he did end up going back to camp. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, so yeah, he not- he went back to camp. Good, so. good. He's always good for. I mean, he's always underrated, and he's always good for points in IDP. And you can get him so late, you know, because he plays next to somebody who's going to be in both of our top fives here in a minute when we get to that. So let's go ahead and uh, jump right into these DL rankings. We actually spent more time talking early in the show today than usual. Um, so I'll go ahead and break down my top ten, and then we'll go to your top ten. I was unable to make a graphic for your top ten, like I told you before the show, but we can read people back what we got on our notes. Mm-hmm. But for the YouTube people, I'm going to pull up mine. My top 10 guys going into the 2020 season for DL. I got Daniil Hunter at one, Miles Garrett at two, Nick Bosa at three, Joey Bosa at four, J.J. Watt five, Aaron Donald six, Cameron Jordan seven, Cameron Hayward eight, Chase Young, that rookie love at nine, and then Demarcus Lawrence at 10. And then, Jared, why don't you read them back your top 10 for us real quick. Um, here I'll get them for you. I'm looking right at them. Jared's top ten, a lot of the same guys, a little different order. He got a uh, Joey Bosa. He got Joey Bosa at one, Miles Garrett at two, Daniel Hunter at three, 
Aaron Donald at four, Cam Jordan at five, Nick Bosa at six, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the quarterback, at seven, Carlos Dunlop at eight, love that pick, nine, J.J. Watt, and then Dante Fowler at ten. Who, who Dante Fowler, I, I love that top ten guy right there. Well, I think uh, – Let's go ahead. You know, let's – I think we'll just start from the top down, um, different right. wise, um, for me. Yeah, you have Bosa and I have Hunter. What, what's what's up with Bosa? Why are you why are you feeling Bosa this year so much? I think he has to prove his contract. Um, it's not as much that I'm feeling Bosa; it's that I'm not feeling Daniel Hunter. Uh, I, I will. I'll, I'm going to stick to my guns. You know, Bosa is the cream of the crop. You know, yeah. they, they're a young team overall. Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, Nasir Adderley. <clears throat> they're young overall. So, in that aspect, I think Joey Bosa, he, he wants to prove that he's the Bosa, not that Nick's the Bosa, right? And Nick's for real. And let's not get that twisted. Even Trent Williams said this last week that he's that good. Um. But I think Joey Bosa really stands out this year. Comes up, is very possibly the number one of the defensive end group. Um, I can be honest with you, Aaron Donald is still screaming up my board, especially hearing he's getting defensive end reps. So that's scary for anybody. Um, I just think he's going to move up. And as much as I love Daniel Hunter, losing Linval, Jove- Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin – it's kind of one of those things I'm have to drop down, you know, and Joey Bosa's, I don't care who your left tackle or your right tackle is. He's hard to handle, bro. <laughs> he's, he's real. Yeah. So his quarterback yeah, curries are real. So. I've got Joey a little lower in my rankings. I got him at four. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you talk about those top two guys for each of us, you know, the thing that is very similar, there's two things that stand out to me that are very similar. One is the high tackle floor. Um, you know, Daniel Hunter is basically hitting 70 tackles the last two years. Joey Bosa, in the two seasons where he's played a full 16 games, has hit 67 and 70 tackles. So you're getting an extremely high floor with both of our number one guys. And then also, you know, Joey Bosa, in the two seasons that he's played all 16 games, started all 16 games, he's hitting double-digit sacks. He's had 11 and a half and 12 and a half, respectively. You look at Daniel Hunter, similar story where you look at his 16 game starts the last two years, 14 and a half, 14 and a half sacks, his tackles 70 and 70. So you're getting extremely high floors on the tackles, which you love to see. And then you always have the sack upside because these guys are legit. You know, they can, I mean, they're game records. They live to pass rush. Um, My one knock, and it's funny, both of these guys are our number one on both of these guys, which I brought it up over the summer, but I'll bring it up again now, is the the, the lack of pass deflections. You know, I, I like guys that if, I, if the sack doesn't fall their way that week, if they don't get that extra tackle for loss, knowing that they're going to pull down three, four, five pass deflections in a season, that's a three-point play in IDP one, two, three scoring. And just knowing that that little cushion is there, that little insurance policy from a player, you know, that maybe he doesn't get behind the line of scrimmage, but he's going to knock a ball down at the line of scrimmage and provide me some points. I, I love that. And, you know, Joey Bosa's career, he has one pass deflection. I mean, the guy's played 59 games. He started 59 games, 49 games. He's played 51. He has one pass deflection. I don't like that. Now, he makes up for it for the fact that he's consistently high floor and consistently high ceiling, but his ceiling is a little bit capped because he's not doing these extras. Daniel Hunter, same story. I mean, the guy's played 78 games. He's got three pass deflections. You know, And let's contrast that just, just for fun. Let's just go just for fun. Just real quick, I'm going to run to Nick Bosa. This dude's played, started 14 games. He's already got two pass deflections. You know what I mean? So he's, you know, that's a three point play. He's getting points other places as well as being a, a very good behind the line scrimmage guy. So if I was going to give either of those, our top two guys, a knock, Joey Bosa or uh, Daniel Hunter, it is the fact that their pass deflections are not super high. But, you know, I mean, when you're an elite pass rusher, you're an elite pass rusher because you're probably focusing on your pass rush. So I can yep. forgive that. And like I said, we both have guys in our top two uh, in our, no, at our number one spot that do not pull these these things down. So, But that just goes to show you that when it comes right down to it for DL, you really want those premium stats. You want the sacks, tackles for losses, and you want the high tackle floor, which they have. So those are our two number one guys, Joey Bosa and then Daniel Hunter. Number two for me and number two for you, I believe, right? Yep, is Jurassic yep. Miles, Miles Garrett. 
Tell us why you think Miles, why Garrett's your number two, and then I'll just kind of piggyback off of that. He probably has the quickest get off in football. I mean, he, his, which also hurts him because a lot of times he jumps a snap, and I, I think he's had 10 or, or so offside penalties because, because he does that, uh, because he tries to anticipate a snap. And if I was a quarterback, I would do a lot of hard counts against him anyway because most left tackles can't handle him. So that's that's the biggest thing. He's fast. I mean, he's he's extremely fast around the corner. And he's a monster, dude. I mean, you, you see his step off. He's got a good spin move. I mean, which not many defensive ends have a spin move, you know, yeah. so – when when you when you have one and you can't handle him anyway, I mean, it's just shows that I, I just think he's elite. Yeah, the versatility. Well, my, I mean, he, his pass rush moves are you know his repertoire is big. You know, I mean, like yeah. you said, there isn't a left tackle in the league that he can't get around if he really wants to because he'll figure him out. Which is something that you know before I played IDP, I didn't pay a lot of attention to, but. You know, when you start paying attention to the defense, you start noticing these guys. It's not just a guy running straight at the quarterback over and over and over. There's so much nuance in the game. And you pick up on that whenever, you know, there's points on the line. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I, my my biggest thing is his tackle numbers aren't phenomenal. Um, but he always, you know, gets near the ball. Joe. All pro Joe on this strip. If there's Sack. ever an episode where we're not giving Joe Schobert you know, a little bit of love, guys. You need to check on us because we're probably been taken over by aliens or something. Because we are the biggest Joe Schobert stands that exist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, well, here's my thing: is you know, adding Sheldon Richardson really in his second year, I think it's going to be huge for Miles Garrett. He only got to have him for a little bit last year, uh, but the thing is, is you look at he went at the end of the season. He didn't have any crazy numbers last year. His quarterback hits were phenomenal, though. Yeah, eighteen at the time. So ten games. I mean, there were guys that didn't get that that played all season. Yeah, we're, I mean that's on that's on pace for what over thirty. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I I mean, we'll see we'll we'll see where where he ends up. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> you know, the reason why Joey Bosa is in my top guy, he's an over thirty quarterback hit guy. Um, and if you're looking at our list, you got Shaq Barrett, Larry Smith, TJ Watt, Matt Judon are all linebackers, right? With the you know with the sleeper tag of defensive end, because let's be real, if TJ Watt was a defense was a de considered defensive lineman, he'd be my number one. I'm just being oh, yeah. honest with you. He'd be everyone's number one. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's massive. But Joey Bosa is the one guy in the first what seven guys that are over thirty. A true D. And is it? is a true D so <clears throat> because Chandler Jones is right there too. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and then, and then his bro and then the next guy is his brother, you know, and Nick Bosa and then Cameron Jordan. So th those, that's the guys that I, you know, when I'm talking about true defensive ends and you're seeing big quarterback hit guys, that's why Joy Bosa is so high on me. That's why Miles Garrett is so high on me. So I, I would love to see more higher tackle numbers out of Miles Garrett. That, that's the only thing that bothers me about him. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, twenty nine last year and full sixteen the year before, he only had uh, forty four. Those are some, uh, you know, those are like Yannick and Gakwe type tackle numbers right there for a sixteen game season. That's always been the big knock on Yannick is his tackles have been kind of low. But I mean, again, he's kind of focusing on his pass rush. He does get a lot of tackles for loss a 9, 12, and 11 through his career. He had 11 last year in only 10 games, so he was on pace to blow away his previous year total of 12. Um, pass deflections are there for his career, already more than Miles Garrett has in his seven, six, seven years in the league. So, Or not Miles Garrett, uh, Daniel Hunter. So that gives you, you know, you know he's getting points other places as well. So he's making up for that little bit lower tackle floor. But like you said, if there is a knock on him, it is I don't know if he's ever going to hit that 65-70 tackle season, you know, mm -hmm. so – Yep. Something to watch, something to monitor. Maybe he gets there this year, which would be awesome if he did. And if he and if he does, then he's guaranteed an all-pro. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Which is kind of funny circling back around. Daniel Hunter, I noticed, never had an all-pro season. Um, Miles Garrett still hasn't either. And but, has Joey Bosa. But, 
Linval Joseph did, and he's, he's gone, and that's why Dino Hunter's dropped on my list. Yep, yep. So. All right, let's move on down to number three. Number three for me was Nick Bosa. Now, I've got Nick ahead of Joey, and that's on purpose. Um, let me pull up this video real quick. You know, Nick last year, you know, there was a little concern because he was hurt his last year to Ohio State. People were like, oh, is he going to be able to stay on the field? You know, this, that, and the other thing. The reality is – hamstring in the offseason. Yeah. The reality is, you know, Nick Bosa had 16 tackles for loss. I love to see that. 25 quarterback hits. Love to see that. Two pass deflections. I've already talked about those. Love to see that. In interception. I mean, he is the definition of a do-it-all guy, you know, at the defensive end position. And that line was a complete total record. But, I mean, look at this the athletic play he just made right there. I mean, he jumps up, he snags his ball out of the air, and then he takes off with it. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't satisfied with knocking it down. I mean, he went for it. The only other guy yeah. who plays like that, the only other guy I see do athletic things like that is T.J. Watt. And to have a guy that, that is that versatile on your line, where it isn't, he is going to get you the sacks. Like, do not get it twisted. He will get behind the line of scrimmage, and he will put that quarterback on the ground. But he can also do things like that. He can take the ball away. He can turn the ball over. That's something that um, is very valuable to your defense uh, and to IDP too. I mean, those are big points right there. I mean, he almost you, ran that touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he almost housed it. Um, my question to you is: Is losing DeForest Buckner going to hurt him? Honestly, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he is such. Like we, we've said this before. You know, when you're a defensive player, you're you know you're kind of an autonomous human being on the field. You really just need to beat your matchup or matchups and get your points. You know, it's a little different than offense where you have to have the ball funneled to you. Um, sure, it helps to have other guys around you, but that line is still stout even with DeForest Buckner leaving. You know, they added Javon Kinlaw, who had many people has a number one or two DT in this in this, in this rookie class. They've still got Eric Armstead, who is, you know, if you're a PFF. I love Eric Armstead. Inside, outside, he's very versatile everywhere. D Ford's supposed to be coming back from his injury. So this line, I mean, yeah, it lost a little bit of its juice, but we're also getting Bosa in his second year. So, you know, maybe he's better, you know. So I'm I'm a Nick Bosa guy. I think that he's, you know, in his rookie year, he put up such phenomenal numbers without even getting a double-digit sack season. He finished top uh, top 15 in IDP 1-2-3 scoring as a rookie um, without getting those monster, monster sack numbers that some of these guys were getting. So he's my number three. Where did he come in for you? Six, I think? He came in for six for me. And and I'll be honest, with you, I really, really want to put Max Crosby on my top ten. Dude, I've um, been... Here's, here's the thing, and... and If if you and I, I'm I'm gonna say this over and over and over, Nick Bosa won Defensive Player of the Year last year for rookies. Mm-hmm. However, he wasn't the best rookie in sack numbers, was he? No, no, it was uh, Josh he, Allen, ten and a half. My God, Josh Allen in sixty percent of snaps. Josh Allen shot up my board because of because of that because he's gonna get a hundred percent of snaps this year, at least at least eighty five. So. 25% more snaps. Give me all of that. Um, only two Max less Crosby. Hits. Only two less quarterback hits than Nick than Nick Bosa, too, on a lot less snaps. On a lot less snaps. So we're big QB hit guys know, here. I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Um, the <clears throat> Max Crosby also had 10 halves or had 10 sacks, right? Yeah, uh, 10. I, so Max Crosby was Ideally, if you talk about defensive linemen, steal the draft because how many other guys got 10 sacks, you know, in the fourth round? So also a guy who had hand surgery in the offseason, you know, because he bro- or broke his hand during you know, the hard knocks episode. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at stuff like that. I really, really want to put Max Crosby in here, but I think people focus on him a little bit more this year. I think Nick Bosa is just a freak. And I, I, I love Nick Bosa, and he's my number six. Uh, I'm just I, – I just not – don't have not him as high as you because I'm, I'm fading because of the other guys. That's um, fine. And, I mean, six is still – I mean, that's about where I see him get drafted, honestly, still right now. He's usually the fifth or sixth guy off the board behind kind of the guys that you kind of have ahead of him. So that's fair. That's completely fair, I think, and justified. I mean, we haven't seen him put up that top five, you know, season yet. I have him at five, I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna refer back to my 
to my Jordan Reigns uh, commentary. He's only done it one year, right? If we're going to yeah. devil's advocate here, uh, your favorite thing about Derwin James is he had one good season, his rookie season, uh, got injured, and everybody's got Derwin James as their number one guy for some reason. Um, he did. I'm kind of. I'm kind of yeah. on the same way with Nick Bosa, right? He did it one season. He he was slow at first. He had a good first game and then disappeared for four games and then um, came back strong. I think DeForest Buckner hurts him just a little bit. Um, I think Eric Armstead actually might get more love because people focus on Nick Bosa. So I think teams plan for Nick Bosa and don't plan for Eric Armstead. So I think they kind of even each other out this year. Um. That's the only reason he's number six for me compared to number, you know, four for you. Three Three for you. I got Joey at four. Um, My four is Joey. Your four is Aaron Donald. Let's talk about Donald a little bit. You saw the news, I'm assuming. We got tagged in something yesterday by our buddy, uh, 420 Hustler. Um, He's IDP head, too. Uh, Aaron Donald taking reps at DE as well as DT. What are your thoughts? I mean, we kind of knew he was versatile and could do that, but. Well, I mean, this dude is a freak. I mean, have you seen this? I mean, not to talk about somebody. Have you seen this guy without his shirt on? Yeah. Aaron Donald. I mean, he's, he's, built. Got six, he's got six pack. He's 200. You know, he's, he's a he's monster. Built fire hydrant. Just, I mean, he is don't. a monster dude. And I, they're, they're, I mean, to put him on the defensive end, I mean, we're seeing, you know, left guards not handling. We've seen left tackles not handling and, you know, it doesn't matter where he's at. He's got some of the best hands in, in football. He's still pretty young. Uh, I I love the move. If if he gets to play some defensive end snaps, I I think he gets two or three more sacks. So, and I'm down for that. Nice. So I love got him. Dude. I've got him at six. You know, the thing I love about him is the the impact plays is what I call him. You know, anything that's over over three points, over two points in IDP one two three scoring. This guy averages. I tweeted out the other day. I mean, you've pointed out before. He's averaging through his career. This isn't last year. This isn't last three years. This is his entire NFL career. He's averaging 20 tackles for loss a season. Do the video you have up, that's a four loss, a four yard loss on yeah. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Four, yeah. Just, <laughs> just crushing it. And that's, that's almost five. He's averaging more than one of those a game. Think about that. Like these yeah. are, this isn't even his sacks either. I mean, these are plays that are taking the ball backwards on the offense. This is one of the best, you know, one of the best offenses in the league. He just crushed Alvin Kamara, like you said. Um, his tackles for losses are high. He gets it done in the pass deflection area as well, which, you know, I kind of always bring that up. But Aaron Donald is one of the better guys about jumping up and knocking balls down, uh, you know, kind of like, um, oh, what's his face, J.J. Watt. Everybody used to talk about that for him. Nobody brings it up for Aaron Donald. You know, he's got, what is it, five all-pro seasons back-to-back-to-back. He's never not had at least one pass deflection. He's had up to five. And, again, you know, he's had a 20-and-a-half sack season, averaging 20 tackles for a loss a year. You've got him at four. I've got him at six. And the only reason I've got him at six and not a little bit higher is, um, you know, really just because he's only his – I don't want to say his ceiling's a little bit lower because he does have that 20-sack season, but that was during the year that Adamic and Sue was there. He's usually more around that 9-10 area. And that, for me, falls kind of yep. closer to my tier two defensive lineman. But because he does so much else in the pass deflection department, in the tackle for loss department, in the forced fumble department, I mean, he's had multiple forced fumbles every year the past four years. Those impact plays are high enough to where even though I don't necessarily think he's going to get back up to even close to 20 sacks again, he's going to get the point. So he comes in at six for me, for you. You know, he's 29 years old. We've just saw a couple of guys, Chandler Jones, uh, 29, I think uh, Cameron Jordan's 29, just had a couple of their best seasons of their career. So don't fade. You know, we kind of were – I'm not going to lie. I faded him a little bit last year. I kind of knocked him a little bit last year, but he started off the season cold. You know, I mean, I think it was four weeks before he had a sack. But he still ended the season with 12 and a half sacks. So he kind of put me in my place, and I'm not fading him too hard this year. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Donald, you all know what he's about, what this guy gets done. He's an absolute stud. And like I said, Jerry's got him at four. I've got him at six. Um, you know, yeah, I love him, dude. I, I, I'm probably the biggest Aaron Donald truther on the planet when he was coming out of college um, at Pittsburgh. Uh, I was actually at the Senior Bowl, and I was enamored, dude. And I just couldn't believe 
I, I couldn't believe he went to Pittsburgh. <laughs> be, you know what I mean? I, he's that good. I mean, he's he's got the best hands in the league. Um, he's uh he's the reason why Navelle Gallimore is got drafted. You know, they're both stocky, quick-handed guys. I would love to see Navelle Gallimore develop into Aaron Donald. I don't know if he is going to, but they're both 300-pound guys or sub-300-pound guys and just beasts. So I – I would love to see Aaron Donald return to his 20, 22 to 24 tackles for loss. So, yeah, which nice. I think could happen with the schedule they have. So, my number five guy and your number five guy are different. Let's talk about yours first. Your number five guy is Cameron Jordan. Now, go ahead and tell us why he's your number five. For me, he is number seven, but I mean, that's barely any different. But what, what, what do you like about Cameron Jordan? For me, hands down, most consistent floor guy in in football. I mean, you. we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we did the uh, preview for the division. Cameron Jordan, you know exactly what you're going to get every year. And you might even going to get a, a great play. At, you know, he had a touchdown, you know, called back on him last year, which should have been a fumble recovery for a touchdown, which would have been, you know, a lot more points for him. So mm-hmm. especially if you got, you know, fun recovery stuff for him. But I mean, man, he's man, he's a great that... spy. I mean, he's his closing speed is great, dude. I mean, he's he's a guy who's you don't talk smack to this guy on Twitter because he will come at you, ask Jordan. Um he he's active in everything and he's a team leader. You know, everybody keeps talking about Davenport. Listen, Davenport isn't Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan no. is the top floor guy. In football, he is a 15-point guy and is there all day. So, and if you're going to get 15 points every week out of your defensive lineman and possibly a 30-point week out of the defensive lineman, give me that guy. So, Cameron Jordan's for real. Monster. I think he was one of the – he was one of like six or seven guys last year, I believe, that hit a 50-point week in IDP 1-2-3 scoring. I'm not – I think he might have maybe hit like 48-49, but it was up there. It was at week uh, 14-15. I mean, it was close to the end of the season. He – had a monster monster he probably won you a a game so yeah i mean you just like you said you know what you're getting i mean the floor is so high with him um you know his tackles are all is right around 50 a season that's great that's what you are looking for that 50 60 area is you know close to what i call an elite of defensive linemen tackles for a loss i mean he's basically i mean this last four years 17 17 18 15 that's just his tackles for loss on impact plays. He's basically hitting a monster threshold there. One of these years, you know, he had 17 tackles for loss and 11 pass deflections. So that right there is almost 30 impact plays, not counting the forced fumbles, not counting the fumble recoveries, not counting the sacks. I mean, so this guy, on top of the fact that he had 60 tackles. So he doesn't get the love because he he hasn't shoot up on these – he doesn't have these gaudy sack numbers. This is actually – this last year was his best sack season with 15 and a half. Um, but again, 30 years old, he just has best season. So that's why I'm not fading a lot of guys that I feel like some people are fading, uh, you know, just because they're getting older, quote unquote. I mean, you can still on the defense. Some of these guys are they're like a, a fine wine. You well, know, I get, mean, you know, that's what we're talking about. If you had 15 sacks, 15 tags for loss and and, pen t- and 10 pass deflections out of a guy, where are you going to put him? If I didn't give you the name, where would you put it? I mean, he would be top five. Yeah. So, I mean, Cameron Jordan's real, dude. And that's not talking about quarterback hits. He's right up there, too. You yeah, know? every he's, year. I mean, he's gone – I mean, the last five years, 20, 24, 28, 21, 25. I mean, he's getting – So, his floor is 21. Yeah. That's less legit, dude. I mean – Sign me up for some Cam Jordan this year. He's a great defensive <laughs> defensive end or DL one, and you can get him usually three, four rounds after that first DL guy goes, and he's going to stay neck and neck with them every week. And he might beat your, he might, he might beat your, your opponent's DL one. So definitely a big Cameron Jordan fan. I got him at seven. You got him at five IDP army. We are Cam Jordan fans here. So for sure, let's move down. You got Nick Bosa at six. We already kind of talked about Nick Bosa a little bit, so we won't linger there. Um, at number five for me, we'll talk about J.J. Watt. I got J.J. Watt at five. You got him at nine. Um, I almost put him in my top five, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I I just changed my list because you and me like to – we like to go back and forth. If J.J. Watt stays healthy, he might be the number one guy. If he plays 16 games 
There's no other player that gets more quarterback hits than JJ Watt. I mean, you yeah. look at it. That dude had a fifty, what a fifty, fifty-two pressures in what do you play? Eight games or ten? I don't even remember. Man, fifty-two quarterback hits in um, what three years ago, something like that. So he, he had fifty-two pressures, and he barely played last year. Mm-hmm. So eight games, he had fifty pressures. He's elite. Yeah. He so you're telling me he gets a hundred, a hundred and four pressures. That's ridiculous. You know, yeah. if we turn 20, you know, half of those into quarterback hits, that's 50 quarterback hits. Well, think about this. Yeah. Miles Garrett had 49 pressures in 10 games. JJ Watt had four more in two less games. <laughs> we got, we got, we got Miles Garrett up at Savage. two both of us. Like I you said, know. if he st- it's it's his health, one hundred percent his health. If JJ Watt is healthy, he is he he might be my d- number. If he, I'll I'll tell you this: if he stays healthy for sixteen games, he'll be the number one defensive lineman in football, bar none. Yeah, it's whether or not he's played sixteen games. And I feel so. like us fading him down a little bit in our top is is appropriate. I mean, we faded him down to you. Got, I got him at five, which I don't think is a fade. I'm probably the most bullish of anybody I know on JJ Watt this season. And you got him at not nine. I've seen some people have him all the way down, like in the late teens. Um, it's, that, it's his health, man. A hundred percent. But thing is when he's healthy, name me a, name me a lineman that wants to handle him. And yeah. There's video of him handling Trent Williams in his prime. So yeah. Well, you know, you think week one, where's where are people going to rank J.J. Watt week one in their defensive line rankings? You're not going to be ranking him in the teens week one. I promise you that. No. Week two, where are you going to be ranking him? As long as he's on the field, he's going to be in people's top ten. So it's kind of weird to me that people are they're projecting an actual injury to occur. I mean, I get that he is, you know, quote unquote injury prone, but that's not like a real thing. Like, you know, before he got injured, he played how many 16-game seasons in a row? One, two, three, four, five in a row, two injury seasons, another season of 16 games, injured this last year. So two-thirds of the time, this guy plays 16 games, starts 16 games. You know, he's getting up there, like you said, 50-plus quarterback hits. He's had seasons of 29, 29, 40, 39 tackles for loss. Okay, all he has to do is be healthy, and his ceiling is – I mean, his ceiling is the roof. It's unreal. So also, I'm not. I mean, if you just talk about that, I mean, tackles for loss. You know, IDP one through one, two, three scoring is what? Three points. Well, tackle okay. for loss is two. Usually stacks. With, it usually stacks with the solo, so it ends up being a. It's going to stack with a solo, so four point play, right? Um, play. <clears throat> does it count as? And what? What? And then you got fifty quarterback hits, right? So we're talking hundred points right there. Yeah, we're and not he talking has- about sacks. He hasn't hit a sack. He hasn't deflected a pass. He hasn't forced a fumble. Oh, yeah, two years ago when he – like a year before last, had his highest uh, forced fumbles of his career was seven. I mean, I understand wanting to fade him because you're scared, but I'm not fading him. He's five for me in redraft. He's ten. He's nine for you in redraft. We should – you know, his his resume speaks for itself. So he I've says been, he's healthy, bro. Yeah, and he, he says, says he, he feels as good now as he's – yeah. And they've been, you know, and it was a pec injury too last year. It wasn't like a knee thing. I mean, how many guys hurt their pecs last year? I mean, Quan Alexander, Roquan Smith, J.J. Watt, um, two or three other defensive guys were hurting their pecs. You know, it's not like this is an uncommon thing. I mean, it just it happens. Uh, I'm not fading him. Like I said, he's top five for me. I've got him ahead of some stalwarts on my list. Uh, I've got him ahead of Aaron Donald. I've got him ahead of Cam Jordan. Because if these all these guys play 16 games, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have the better season. So I agree. Where- if he plays 16 games, JJ Watt is. He might be the, like I said. He might be my number one. So and he I truly believe that. Is a man, a man, man, man. All right. So Aaron Donald was my number six. We've kind of already talked about Aaron Donald. I mean, he's another guy. His resume speaks for itself. Aaron Donald plays all 16 games every year. He never has had an injury issue. Um, 20 tackles for loss, you know, his sack season, he had that 20 ta- sack season. But other than that, he usually hovers around 9, 10, which is perfectly fine when you're getting all those extras. Don't get me wrong. So, but we won't linger on him. Next guy I have after him is Cameron Jordan. We've already kind of talked about Cameron Jordan a little bit. Um, so let's talk about Josh Allen. He's your number seven. I have Cam Jordan at seven. We talked about him. Tell us why Josh Allen, you're so bullish on Josh Allen. You kind of hit on it earlier, but – can I tell the people why you're confident in Josh Allen this year and why they should be drafting him as a top 10 DL? Like you said, um, 
60% of snaps and a lot less snaps than Nick Bosa had two less quarterback hits than Nick Bosa two in on a lot less snaps. Um, you know, he had class cam one from when he played, he, I mean, the dude was ridiculous. I mean, Josh Allen is the truth. I mean, he's as fast as they come. I mean, you see this closing speed, you know, that's a force fumble. That's, that's a sack force fumble. So, he, he's as real as they come, right? And, and if you look at his floor on the games that he played, we're talking 15 points. We're talking a ceiling of 50. And, and I'm not being boyish about this at all. Josh Allen is shot up my board as soon as Clay's Campbell was gone. And I want Giannis Ngakwe to stay because you got to focus on one of them. And Josh Allen is the younger, more athletic linebacker, sure tackler, and just straight out stud. Josh Allen is, if there's one person that I am selling high on all year long, and I, and I started last year, is Josh Allen. He's the he's the real deal. Yeah, I'm I'm with you so, through. I mean, he's not top 10 for me. I think I have him at like 13 or 14. But, yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. 60% of snaps, only started four games, led rookies in sacks, 10 and a half. 23 Wait. quarterback. Yeah, led. Only two quarterback hits behind Nick Bosa. Um, his tackle number was 44, which I believe is one more than Nick Bosa. Again, this is on less snaps. Um Pass deflections are not there for Josh Allen, which is something, you know, but 60% of snaps, I mean, he didn't get as many opportunities as some guys. Two forced fumbles. He's a long player. He's got long arms, like you said. He, his get-off is pretty good. The line is a little different. Calais Campbell is gone. Yannick is probably leaving. But if anything, that just means more more for Josh Allen. I mean, he's going to have to be the guy to get these sacks if Jacksonville gets some. Him and uh, Chase on and whoever else they kind of have rotating in there. But – he should make a really big jump this year. I love that pick. His PFF grades were not super high, but, you know, PFF is a little – there's a little bit to be read between the lines there for sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm a Josh Allen fan. I'm glad that you have him in our top ten. I hope people realize – I have leagues where I, he's my third or fourth defensive lineman, and I'm like, hell yeah, baby. Like, I'm about that life. And early in the offseason, he was – Yeah, so I won't, he's my untradeable. Yeah, I mean, in Dynasty, to get a guy like that, I mean, you got him year one. He's 22 years old right now, had a 10-and-a-half sack season. Sign me up, man. If he doesn't get hurt, he is going to he's going to be a great player for years to come. So that is your number yeah, seven. You have Carlos Dunlap at eight. Let's go ahead and – let's let you go ahead and talk about Carlos Dunlap. I know he's coming off a really great season. You're higher on him than a lot of people. Tell me about Carlos Dunlap. Well, here, here's the thing is I think the emergence of Hubbard has really helped. Carlos Dunlap. And if people are fading Hubbard, which everybody's fading Hubbard except for me, I guess. Um, I, I love Hubbard. I, I loved him coming out of college. Uh, I think he's as good as they come. Um, but that don't, for me, I just, that's the Nagama Kinsu effect that we've seen with Aaron Donald and now Shaq Barrett uh, is kind of with that, with Carlos Dunlap. I mean, you saw the emergence you know, when Hubbard had a good game, Dunlap had a better game. So if they focus on one, they can't get the other, you know, and I think Dunlap has another good season. And I think with, uh, with the, uh, that offense is going to be better with Joe Burrow. Um, he just had a uh, practice the other day where he went six for six on a touchdown uh, in the sc opening scrimmage. So, you know, the defense is going to play well. And I think Carlos Dunlap has another great season on him. Now, is he a dynasty guy for me? No. Uh, but I think he's a great add this year. Uh, and for the value, his ADP is nothing. So people are fading Carlos Dunlap, and I think that's why, you know, oh, he's had one good year. No, if if you look at it, he had more than one good year. So um, check him out. He's, he's I think he's good. He's kind of like Cameron Jordan. I mean, he's – you know, consistently high quarterback hits, consistently high tackles for loss. Hey, he doesn't have the high, high sack ceiling. He's only been over double digits once. But, you know, his pass mm -hmm. deflections, he's got 38 pass deflections, 38 pass deflections as a defensive lineman in the last four years, the last four seasons. Think about that. That's, so, I mean, that's that, almost an average of 
10 a, ten a season. So. Yeah, that's insane. Times three points. That's 68 total points um, divided by six. That's the same as 11 sacks. I mean, that's that's the same as 11 sacks that he didn't get. So he's making up, you know, in a way and in a place that some of these other guys just don't, you know. Eight, that's more than Joey Bosa and Daniel Hunter and Miles Garrett have combined the last their whole careers. He had that last year. Okay, so don't sleep on Carlos Dunlap. I love that pick. There's nothing sexy about Carlos Dunlap, but when push comes to shove, the points, he gets the points. By the end of the season, some way, some sh- shape, somehow, he has the points to help your team win. And he's so he's dirt cheap. You can get him as, you know, DL 26, 27 sometimes. If you're playing with Sharks, some Sharks kind of are aware that, you know, he's kind of undervalued and they'll go get him a little earlier. But like you said, he and Sam Hubbard are, they're getting like that quiet fade. And I get it. It's because they're on the Bengals. Exactly. So, you know, team equity, you know, team brand equity matters more than you think, especially in IDP, where it's just you, you know, a lot of people just want to take guys they know, which is totally fine. And I get that. But don't sleep on Carlos Dunlap. I'm glad that we were able to get him into one of our top 10 spots here for people. Um, Let me see here. Who's my number eight? My number or my number eight guy is Cameron Hayward. Um, With Cam Hayward, it really comes down to the consistency. I mean, the last two years, Cameron Hayward has been an absolute beast in the middle of the field there for the Steelers, you know, accumulating 51 tackles the year year before last, 83 this last year, eight and nine sacks. The year before that, he had 12. I mean, he's getting these big numbers. His tackle for loss numbers, double digits the past three years, past deflections, again, coming back to that. He said 12 the last three years, forced fumble at least every, at least one forced fumble every year for the past three years. You know, he's he's really just almost like you said, getting better as he as his you know career goes along. Um, and that that Pittsburgh defense is is insane. I mean, he's maybe the best defensive player, but on any other team, on any other defensive line, he might be the best guy. But with TJ Watt there, you know, we have Minka Fitzpatrick, another highly, highly touted, very good at his position guy. So he might not be the best defensive player on the Steelers, but he very well could if you really sit back and think about Stephon it. You know, it. Stefan Tuit is coming back. That might be a part of the reason his tackle number got so high this last year is because Tuit missed some time. But Tuit should be exactly. coming back. Both these guys are great, you know, interior defensive linemen. Um, and I don't think people need to just forget or fade Cameron Hayward because he's not a four three defensive end. You know, I mean, I see a lot of people who just want to. You know the 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 easy the easy thing to say is well if a guy doesn't play a hundred percent of snaps he gets faded or if a guy is an interior defensive lineman he gets faded or if he's a three four defensive end he gets faded that's anecdotal and that's broad sweeping and I'm not a big fan of that that's just a little too um, I don't know what the right word is just a little too passive for me sometimes you just gotta sometimes you gotta plant your flag on these guys I'm like look I don't the situation might not be exactly what you want statistically analytically to produce. But at the end of the day, if he's producing at a high level three years in a row, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bury him. So I love Cam Hayward. Yeah, Another guy that did not make my top 10 that's kind of like that is DeForest Buckner. I think I have him at 14, 15, 16 this year. Grady Jarrett's another guy that is definitely well within my top 25 that is not, you know, your traditional 4-3 defensive end. But we won't get too far in the weeds on that. I'm just letting you guys know Cam Hayward is Probably going to end up again another top option this year. He has the ceiling, um, and he's definitely got the floor. So that was my eight. We already talked about your eight, which was Carlos Dunlop. Let's talk about our nines. My nine is Chase Young. This is the rookie. Um, for me, it really just Playing comes your down. Flag early. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at last year. We had three rookies finish in the top fifth or top twenty. We had Josh Allen finish. I think he might have finished actually twenty two in IDP one two three scoring. But then we had uh, Max Crosby and Nick Bosa both finished in the top fifteen. In IDP one two three scoring, um, do you think Chase Young is a better player than those guys? Yes, I mean he's coming out as a prospect. He seems to be even better than Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa has been touted for years. Uh, Chase Young's been touted for years. His tackle for loss numbers are insane. I don't have them right in front of me, but in like 14, 13, 12, 13 games last year in college, he had I think like twenty, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, something like that, and. Shout out to Hayden Winks. I don't know if anybody follows him on Twitter, but he did some studies on, you know, guys coming in and transitioning into the NFL. And one of the most predictive metrics of defensive lineman success in the NFL is a high tackle for loss number. Jason Young's got that on his resume, along with the fact that he's got a ton of sacks on his resume. Um, his quarterback you know, kid's just a, ridiculous. Yeah. So. so to me, I'm 
I'm going to take my shot. I'm putting him in my top 10 uh, for this year. I think that Chase Young is in a position to succeed, especially with all the talent around him. I mean, there's just going to be so much pressure on opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be unreal. And you can't just focus on Chase Young and eliminate Chase Young because Matt Ioannidis is going to be on your back. Ryan Kerrigan is going to be on your back. Jonathan Allen is going to be on your back. Montez Sweat is going to be on your back. I mean, like there's, it's, they're just going to collapse the pocket over and over and over, which is probably going to get some of these quarterbacks scared where they want to hand it off. Great. Give me those tackles for loss. You know, and he's probably the best player on that defensive line already. And that's saying something, because like we said, that defensive line is one of the best ones in the league. It's them. Oh, they're it's real, dude. So yeah, they're real. Chase Young, rookie. I got him in my top 10. I'm planting my flag on him. I think that he's going to be a lock for, you know, let me see. Let me think here. You know, when it really comes down to it, to me, he, he could have 10 or more sacks pretty easily. 18 quarterback hits, I think that's going to be a breeze for him. I think 45 tackles is going to be a breeze for him. And 15 impact plays, 20 impact plays, I think are on the table. So if you can hit all those thresholds, you are easily comfortably within the top 10. So unless, you know, a couple of guys have these monster outlier season. So I'm a Chase Young guy. And redraft, I'll take him. Dynasty, I'm taking him. I'm, you know, I'm stocking up. He's a must. Yeah, I'm stocking up on yeah. all my Chase Young. So, who'd you have at eight? You had or nine? You had uh, JJ Watt. We already talked about him. Let's circle back down to ten. Let's finish this show out. We'll talk about mine real quick, Demarcus Lawrence, and then we can talk about Dante Fowler for you. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, the pressures were there last year, which is something that a lot of people, you know, they look to they say pressures are more indicative of success. I'll, you know, I'll buy that for this narrative purposes. You know, he was coming off the shoulder surgery. So you have to assume that even though he'd rehabbed and even though he was feeling better, he still wasn't 100 percent. You know, uh, he held out. He got his contract. He got his money. They brought Robert Quinn in last year. Uh, Quinn was a total beast, played only 14 games there. But maybe that took away a little bit of the upside that Robert Quinn or that um, Demarcus Lawrence had. They brought in Everson Griffin. Um, but for me, the fact that he has proven himself to be elite the fact that he has had these high tackle for loss seasons and these, you know, premier uh, sack seasons. I'm not going to fade him too much. Last year I had him in my top five and he did burn me. He burned a lot of people, but when push comes to shove, you know, a 16 game season for DeMarcus Lawrence can look like 14 and a half sacks, 58 tackles, 14 tackles for loss. He still managed 10 tackles for loss last year, even coming off the injury. So I'm I'm putting him back. He's in my top 10. He just squeezed into my top 10. He's just ahead of Justin Houston for me. But I'm expecting a big bounce back. You know, the five sacks, He's I think he's easily going to crush five sacks. You know, that number this year could probably easily double it. I could see him tripling it. So give me all that for cheap. I drafted him. He's a guy that I've been drafting when I do go, quote, unquote, zero DL, which, you know, means, you know, I'm not taking DL till about the 15th to 18th guy's gone. Demarcus Lawrence is just there. Like he's almost always there. So give me Demarcus Lawrence this year. I'm going to risk it. I don't think it's that much to risk, honestly. So he's my number 10. What do you think about him this year? And then we'll talk about your number 10, who is Dante Fowler. Yeah. Um, for me, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, I, I love Demarcus Lawrence. I love him coming out of college. Um, when he's good, he's really good. Um, you know, he hasn't had those crazy year in a couple of years since he got his contract, but Overall, he's he's pretty solid, and I think he's as good as they come when he plays. You know, and that that's the biggest thing. Yeah, he's about as good as they come when he plays. And no, you're all good. You know, and it is kind of a bummer that the sacks weren't there last year. But honestly, this is a buy low opportunity. He is 27. You might feel like he's young, up and coming guy. Um, he's only two years younger than you know a guy like um, oh crap, like um. Aaron Donald, Donald, Cameron Jordan. So he's he's a veteran, you know, he's and he's in the kind of the prime of his career. So buy it by now, buy low. That's kind of my thought on Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, you're you're getting him cheap, cheap. Yeah, you're getting him cheap this year. You can get him as a DL two, DL three sometimes, depending on how you build your team. So I would love to have Demarcus Lawrence as my DL three. So let's talk about your number 10 guy, though. Let's talk about Dante Fowler. Tell me why you love the Dante Fowler move to Atlanta. So. I think you you got to see what Dante Fowler was. You know, he was he was a first round draft pick. You finally got to see what he was last year. You know, and 
dude, he's, he's hard to handle. You know, a healthy Dante Fowler is exactly what you're going to get last year. He's as good as they come. Um, you know, he's got a great swim move. He, he's good edge, edge guy. He's fast. I mean, he's, he's legit, you know, got some elite speed. He knows he's as good as they come. And I, I think the Rams just realized that, Hey, we're going to have to pay one of these guys. And even though they traded for Dante Fowler, you got rid of him. I mean, they, they did so much big money trades, you know, a couple of years ago, Marcus Peters, Dante Fowler, uh, who's the, uh, Akeem Talib. Uh, th- they got all these guys and they're all gone now. Um, you know, because Aaron Donald's the guy, you know, that's that's their defensive scheme. Dante Fowler going to Atlanta is going to be what Ad, what they wanted out of Adrian Claiborne. He's yeah. he's real. Uh, ten, ten sacks, no problem. You know, especially in the division that passes probably more than anybody in one division. This, I call it, you know, I think they're the big 12 of the of the NFL. So, I mean. To, to keep up with the Saints, you better pass the ball. And with that aspect, you know, and then you keep it with Atlanta, you got to pass the ball. Yeah. So Don Fowler's going to get his chances for sacks. So, yeah, I, I think you're honest on there where he's going to get his chances for sacks. You go back and look, people are like, oh, he didn't really do much with the Jags. He didn't pan out. He was playing he ACL. Coming out of college tour is ACL, but then you know you really look at it. He only let him. They didn't let him start. He didn't start any games. The fir- at all. He started one game in Jacksonville ever. Um, that was it. He played sixteen and sixteen. He played sixteen and seventeen. He started one in those two years. Well, they had Nagakwe and Campbell, so I, I was, yeah, it's kind of one of those things like they could afford to let, let him go. Well, so. then you look at his, you know, the snaps he's playing. He's playing fifty percent of snaps his rookie year, forty five percent the next year. And then he only played 16% in Jacksonville in 2018. He comes to the Rams in 2019. He finally gets snaps. He played 80% of snaps. What did he do? He broke out. He played 880 snaps. You know, this guy goes off for the first time in his career, you know, 16 tackles for loss, 58 combined tackles, six pass deflections, two forced fumbles, a touchdown, a fumble recovery, um, 11 and a half sacks. He started 14 games for them. So he finally got a chance and he delivered. So then you flip over to a guy like Vic Beasley in Atlanta. The last two years, he's been he got sixty four percent of the snaps, which is seven hundred total, and then he got seventy three. If if Dante Fowler is going to be allowed to play, we've seen him be successful. So if we can assume that they paid him all this money, they're not going to do what Jacksonville did and not start him. They're not going to do what Jacksonville did and play him forty percent of snaps. He's going to be out there at least, in my opinion, what Vic Beasley was. He's better than Vic Beasley too. So he's going to be out there 65 plus percent of snaps, which will be awesome. That's what you want from a defensive end. I'm looking for 65, 70. The great guys you're looking for that 80, 85, 90. Those guys are kind of rare, but they exist. If he can get up in that range again this year, there's no reason in my mind that Dante Fowler can't again be a productive, a highly productive defensive end and a highly uh, high ceiling guy for a fantasy uh, for IDP. So I love that you got him in your top 10. You squeezed him in there. I drafted him in um, a league I'm in with uh, a bunch of other IDP heads around the around the internets and whatnot at uh, DL24. And I was I was very, very, very happy to get him as DL number 24. He's my DL2 in that team. Sleeper, he's got the linebacker and DL tag. He's got upside. You know, we finally saw what he when yep. he was allowed when they took, you know, when they took the leash off when they took the chain off, they said, just go get it. He went and got it. So I think Atlanta, they paid him that money. They're not going to hold him back. He gets to play next to Grady Jarrett, who's maybe not as dynamic of a player as Aaron Donald. He's good, but though. He's good though. Exactly. And I, I think this next year he's going to show a lot of people that his name needs to be up there with guys like Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner. If you already haven't seen that, you need to be paying attention because he he's that good. So. I think Dante Fowler is in for another big successful year. I, I don't. I, now I'm really curious where I have him ranked exactly because I just want to know compared to you. I think he's 15 for me, but the ceiling. He's, I mean, I he, he is shot at my. He's shot at my board when I really looked at the opportunity and what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, besides Aaron Donald, who else is on the Rams' defensive line? I've got nobody him at stands out to me. So, I've got him at 16. Uh, with Grady Jarrett, very, very, you know, solid guy. Uh, I think that the, 
their defensive line is is pretty decent overall. It might even be better overall than the Rams. So if he can do that with the Rams, you know, being where he is now, and he can go to Atlanta and do at least that. I, I think he has almost a mirror image from last year, yeah. which puts him in the top ten. So. Yeah, he gets to play true defensive end snaps because they do run a true 4-3 in Atlanta instead of an outside linebacker. The snaps, like we said, once he had snaps, he was productive. I don't see a world where he's getting under 70% of snaps in Atlanta after he just got paid. He should have a monster year, so I love that pick. We just got a question here from our man, Russ. We got to shout out Russ. He's always been supportive of us. He always listens to us. He always rides for us, so thank you, Russ. No Justin Houston in the top 10, he says. I've got Justin Houston at 11. Um, that's where yep, I'm at same. with Justin Houston. He's 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 got a good opening schedule. He got DeForest Buckner added, and he was you know he was really good last year. I mean, that, the bottom line, a lot of people have kind of been fading him because he had been a little banged up with the Chiefs well, last. Once he got of banged year. up, that's the only thing. Once he got banged yeah, up, exactly. that's, that's what he got faded on. I mean, he had 21 sacks one year. What's or 22, right? Yeah, so. 22. But you look at last year, he had 11. First year getting back over that hump. It was the first year he played 16 games in a while, too. 13 tackles for loss, 18 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, no pass deflections, but he's still only 30. You know, we've talked about a couple of guys aren't here already. It's like, well, 29, 30, that can be a great year for a defensive end. So I'm not fading him too much. I think that people have the last three or four years of him not being on the field consistently has made people slowly lower him down their rankings, but... I'm not fading him. I could see him easily getting 12, 13, 14 sacks this year, along with Just all of his numbers. Very easily moving to this top 10. I'm with you. Like, I can replace a guy here and there, um, especially with the addition of DeForest Buckner. I love Justin Houston. I drafted him in like five leagues. So yep. um, I'm with you. Uh, I, I love Justin Houston overall. Yeah. So. And he's dirt cheap. I've got him at 10. I don't think anybody else I've seen in their rankings have him very high. So he's a guy that you don't have to pay a DL, you know, 11 for to get, you can pay DL 20 price and you're going to get him. So there's that. we got a couple other questions here. Let's go ahead and just pull them on in. Does Brian Burns take the next step from Derek Monk on YouTube? Uh, yes, I think he does. What do you think, Jared? Completely, completely agree. Um, he's got the greatest face mask in football. Um, if you haven't seen it, I continue mm-hmm. to talk about it. He's got this Spider-Man face mask. Um, he, he's good, dude. I love him. Uh, I, you know, he was in my rookie IDP top, top 25 last year. And that's even before he really got an opportunity in Carolina. I, I agree with you. I think he takes a great step. I think you could see a big breakout from him. They're young. They're, they're, they, it seems like they, every single draft pick they used this last year was a defensive player. Which it was. It was interesting, right? Um, but I think that's part of Matt Rule. Uh, well, they're young uh, on offense, too. I mean, they got Ian Thomas as the tight end. I mean, Curtis Samuel's 23, DJ Moore's 23, Christian McCaffrey's 22 or 23. I mean, they are young on offense, and like you said, and they're good on offense. So they invested heavily on the defense this year. I've got Brian Burns right now down at DL 28. Which I don't, I mean, it sounds bad, but I mean, when you look at the guys in front of him, Trey Flowers, Jason Pierre Paul, Melvin Ingram, Eric Armstead, Grady Jarrett, I mean, I can't justify putting him ahead of guys like that yet. Now, if that defense is on the field a lot and if he's healthy and he pans out like he looked like he was last year, he could easily, easily jump up into that top 25, you know, by the end of the season. But, I, you know, I, he's in my tier three. I think 28 is a safe spot for him. I would love to have him as my DL3, DL4. I don't want to depend on him yet as my DL1. But I think, that yeah, I think he does take that next step. So I think when it's all said and done, uh, Brian Burns is going to be Clay's Campbell career-wise, which is pretty nice. solid. We so. got um, one more comment here from Russ. He said, okay, top 12, that's cool. Uh, Buckner will help his stock. I agree. Buckner, I've got Buckner at 13. Um, you know, I was very bullish on him last year. He was one of my guys. DeForest Buckner is for a defensive tackle that's not named Aaron Donald. He's about as, as consistent as they come. This guy's averaging 60 tackles a season, which is if you play the tackles or you play DEs, you know if you're hitting 60, that's an awesome floor. And on top of that, he can get behind the line of scrimmage. He had like four or five fumble recoveries last year, which came from being on that very disruptive San Francisco line. I'm not fading him too much uh, from last year. Like I said, I have him at 13. I think DeForest Buckner is just another monster in the middle. I've you know I've got him and Justin Houston two, two away from each other. So that is 
yeah, that pretty much rounds out our top 12. Thanks for the questions, guys and guys and gals, if there's any gals out there. Let's pull in our man, Steve. What up, How's Steve? Going? How's it going, guys? Good. What'd you think? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I love the the, Jer- uh, the the Josh Allen pick by uh, Jared here. You know, he's he had 44, 44 tackles, 10 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 11 tackles for loss, and 23 QB hits on, on – 634 snaps. That was only 60% of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, he's a good Amen. There you go. Yeah. Steve uh, I'm not kidding you. I, I can see I can see 20 sacks on this dude at at 85%. So 85 to 100%. If he gets if he breaks 90%, which is very possible Clay's Campbell gone, uh having uh adding uh Clavion Chase on in the middle, I'm telling you, watch out. Josh Allen could be a monster this year. I love him. Yeah. He's, my, he's my favorite player. He's my must-add up- dynasty player. The upside is there. Don't sure. you guys? Don't you have concerns with uh, Daniel Hunter and the loss of Griffin and and? I, I continue to say this. Yeah. Well, that's why he dropped to me. I've said it weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, you can check every video we had. Linval Joseph is the biggest loss for Daniel Hunter, and nobody's talking about it. And they need yeah. to. Jared's so. got him at three. I mean, Jared ain't Jared ain't blowing smoke. He's got Neil Hunter at three behind yeah. Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa. So yep. he's putting his money where his mouth is. I still got him at one because I'm a coward. Mm. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Think I, you should I, I could legit that. drop him to five and not be. And that no wouldn't bother you. Five bit. and not even think about it. Nope. Oh yeah. baby. I got, oh. The, I got the same concerns. He's not gonna. He's not gonna produce the same as he did. Yeah. I, I like it. It's, it's interesting. It's, you know, he's still one of the, at the very least, the name Daniel Hunter still commands a bit of respect in trades. And, you know, so even if he doesn't pan out the way we want, you know, you can probably sell early in the off, early in the season and, you know, figure, figure your shit out. And I mean, I, I didn't do it, but uh, I love the Chase Young pick. It's bold. It's very bold. It's how I mean, we roll, Steve. We ain't scared. We ain't scared. Well, I just literally just we a gotta, minute ago said I was a coward. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we got an interesting close here. Uh, oh, question: Random keeper question: Devin White for a tenth, or Derwin James for a fourteenth? Thanks for the ITB contact, guys. Hmm. Um, keeper. That's interesting. I mean, if I'm, I'm keeping one of the guys, I, I think linebackers keep- are deeper. Yeah. So. Derwin James in the fourteenth. That seems that seems that seems like a better value to me. I don't know the scoring of this league, but just off the cuff, you know, I think that yeah, because Derwin James is going to be top five, top ten at his position for sure. Lock it in if he plays. Devin White, he's going to be top twenty five at his position. Lock that in. So that's kind of where my thought art thought process is. And you're getting you know Derwin yep. James later. Yep. Well, it's keeper league. I think you can get Derwin James. Keep him. So, um, I, I think James is the pick for the for the keeper aspect of it. Um, yep. When it comes to Russell, just ask a question about Fletcher Cox. Oh man, it's just the age thing kills me for Fletcher. Uh, he's been injured off and on. Uh, he's yeah. a great stop guy, but he isn't. He didn't blow me out of the water by any means. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on the Eagles in general, but that's a whole other conversation for later. <clears throat> All right, well, that, yeah, whole nother show. But that pretty much closes us out for the day. Um, IDP Army, we appreciate you. Guys, go check out. I just started my own kind of different show, Defense Matters. I'm just going to be doing that in the season for my rankings. That's going to be on the Expand the Box score so you can see my full weekly rankings. But I'm going to do a podcast to go with it to kind of break down my thought processes. You should be able to just Google that. That's every, or, you know, look where you do podcasts. That's on Apple. That's on Spotify. That's on Stitcher, all that good stuff. So I put some stuff out on that here, there, and everywhere. So be sure you subscribe to that as well as obviously you're going to be subscribing to the IDP 411. Leave us a five star rating. Leave us a nice little review so we can get more people listening, more people sharper for the season, ready to play some IDP. And yeah, next week we are going to do the defensive back show. So we'll go over our top 10 DBs, which I'm sure will be a little bit spicy because we have some hot, hot, hot.
takes on some guys and you guys will love that and yeah that's pretty much all from me well until next week guys let's go let's go let's go in a wormhole probably about to burn in a white tunnel are you ever gonna learn see a land probably gonna merge gonna be dead laying in the dirt funny how you smart but you still a nerd play your part world gonna turn